Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let us rise and worship the Lord. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. You may be seated. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. As a minister of the triune God, I declare to you that your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. Believe that and have peace with God. Let's stand and respond to our assurance of pardon with Psalm 103. I'll give us the starting pictures.
that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Remain standing in your red hymnal. We'll sing number 246, Man of Sorrows. Number 246, Man of Sorrows. Testament reading for this Monday Thursday comes from Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Hear the word of the Lord. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest, but you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. Let him save him. 
Let the Lord rescue him, since he takes pleasure in him. It was you who brought me out of the womb, making, the sec- making me secure at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Don't be far from me, because distress is near, and there's no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong ones of Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths against me, lions mauling and roaring. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are disjointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me into the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. A gang of evildoers has closed in on me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People look and stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves, and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength, come quickly to help me. Rescue my life from the sword, my only life from the power of these dogs. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of wild oxen. You answered me. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the assembly. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or abhorred the torment of the oppressed. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to help for him. I will give praise to the, in the great assembly because of you. I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Even the one who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what he has done. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading comes from Matthew 26 through Matthew 27, starting in verse 17. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Go into the city to a certain man, he said, and tell him, The teacher says, My time is near. I am celebrating that Passover at your place with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, he was reclining at the table with the twelve. While they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed, each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. He replied, The one who dipped his hand with me in the bowl, he will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if he had not been born. Judas, his betrayer, replied, Surely not I, Rabbi. You have said it, he told him. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat it. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, 
which is poured out for many of the, for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus said to them, Tonight all of you will fall away because of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter told him, Even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to him, Tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Even if I have to die with you, Peter told him, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Then Jesus came with his disciples to the place called Gethsemane. And he told the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, My father, is it pos- if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping, because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. See, my betrayer is near. The word of the Lord. Let's stand and confess what the Scriptures have taught us to believe in the Apostles' Creed. We find that on page 10. We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into Sheol. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Our sermon will focus on Matthew 26, verses 17 through 30, the institution of the supper. What does it mean for Jesus to make a new covenant in his blood? To understand communion, we must understand the Passover. At the Last Supper, Jesus is taking hold of the feast of Passover and transforming it. Passover was the pinnacle feast of the Jewish calendar. It was, in the, it was in the center of their sacrificial system. In Passover, a spotless lamb would be slain, eaten by the household, and its blood put on the doorpost. The observance of the feast saved the Israelite sons from the angel of death and delivered the entire nation from bondage in Egypt. 
a lamb was sacrificed on behalf of the nation of Israel. And those that heard God's word in that event, those that heard it and received it, then obeyed it by observing and keeping the feast as instructed down to the very letter. They united themselves to the sacrifice of the lamb by eating it. To eat is to unite something to your body. You incorporate whatever you eat into who you are. If you eat too many carrots, you begin to look like a carrot. On top of that, we must flesh out the term remember. To remember the Passover. To remember the Last Supper. To remember is to re-again-member. To re-put something back together. So when the Jews remembered Passover, it wasn't just, ah, remember that time. But they actually inserted themselves back into history. They recreated the, the event, and the efficacy of the event was present to them. They actually got to participate in Passover. This is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians about baptism, that we were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Because in your baptism, you're participating in all baptisms. You're brought into something. This is how the Passover repetition would then grow Israel's faith. Because they would continue to be delivered. They would continue to enact deliverance through the Passover. This is the mystery of time and history. That this is actually the way God constituted reality. That we could reenact history and it be effective. Through ritual, we enter the mystery. Rituals done according to God's word will make the present what the past was. It will bring back what was and make it now. And it will teach you how to live in the future. This is why we must honor our father and mother. If you do not honor your father and mother, you'll have no past life in which to reinterpret your present to walk forward. This is why C.S. Lewis tells us to read dead men, because they aren't making the same mistakes we are making. You you can't see everything clearly in the present, so you have to continue to go back, rehabituate patterns that God installed so that you can be a new person. You actually can't be a new person without being an old person. The mystery of participation in ritual is found in the doing. It's not meditating on ritual. It's not just talking about ritual. Ritual is something to be done. That's why Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Not look at this. Think about this. Talk about it. We should talk about it and teach about it and know what we're doing. But you also have to do it. That will actually grow your maturity. The doing. It's the same as a spouse that says, I love you, and never hugs or kisses their spouse or does any acts of service. They never do the dishes. Right? They, never, they, never, they never hold them when they're sick. How do you know that you love them? It's in the doing. It's what you do. In a similar way, we become new humans by walking in old forms by faith. This is why Marcion in the second century was considered a heretic because he wanted to lop off the entire old covenant. He didn't consider that part of the Christian life. But if you lose that, you lose your entire identity as a true person of God. The people of God being saved since Adam was covered with animal skins until we're now covered in the blood of Jesus. All those people are God's people. And if you cut yourself off, you lose an entire understanding of everything God's ever done for you and your mom and your dads. This mystery is made far more magnificent by the Incarnation. So they already had this mystery of participation in history. And then all of a sudden, God takes on flesh and now attaches the history of Israel to divinity. 
God has taken on human flesh in Jesus. And Jesus has now instituted a feast in which he has divinely participated in the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine. That God himself has now eaten bread and drank wine with humans. Jesus takes into himself the bread. He unites himself to bread in the eating. He takes into himself wine and unites himself to wine now in the drinking. And so whenever the event is reenacted, it is his body and blood because it is the bread and wine. Both things are happening. And you don't want to try to push too hard in one direction and lose something else. That he's actually taken this into himself and he's changed it. It's different now. It's because you're doing the event. After the event, it goes, it's just bread and it's just wine. In the event, you're receiving, right? First Corinthians, again, the bread that we break is a not participation in the body of Christ. Participation, a deepest kind of fellowship. Are you not, are you not knowing Christ more than you know your spouse in the breaking of the bread? And thus, when we partake of communion, we are uniting ourselves to the very feast that was instituted 2,000 years ago. We are uniting ourselves to the body and blood of Jesus. And some people protest that such mystical communication cannot occur in created things. That's food. You can't, can't know God in food. We're cre- we are created beings. And we know God in our bodies. You're hearing the word of God. That's going through airwaves, hitting your eardrum, and going into your soul. You cannot know God apart from mediation. God must be mediated to you because that's how he has delighted to create his world. Therefore, he united himself not just to humanity, but to the bread and wine so that we can grow in union with him. Just as intimacy grows with those that we eat with over dinner, so our Savior grows his fellowship with us in keeping his feast. By keeping his supper... And by replaying the history and the divine liturgy every Sunday, we remember, we put this back together, we reenact, we get reinserted into all of redemption through all the movements we take through the liturgy of being called and confessing and being consecrated and cleansed and built up and fed and sent out. Those are all the rhythms of God's actually creative acts. So you're recreated, you're re-put together, you're reinserted into a renewed history, taken out of death and dying and put into life and living. Every Sunday we can have the Last Supper. Each celebration of communion is a glorious opportunity to receive grace from Jesus. And we should be enthusiastic about that. He wants to feed us any time, as, as often as you do this. Do this as a memorial, as a, as, just as Noah, every time you see a, a cloud, is a memorial that God sees and says, I'm never flooding the earth again. Every time you eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus, it's a memorial for God to say, you're participating in my son's life. I see Jesus when I look at you. And you get that every time you partake. Every time you partake, your, the forgiveness of sins is reassured in you. You're brought closer and closer to fellowship and you're grown in the faith. Just as a child needs food to grow in strength and maturity. We are all infants in the eyes of the Lord. And we need his milk. To keep the feast of Christ is to participate in the promises of forgiven sins and life everlasting. To have our faith strengthened by the potent blood of Jesus. 
to be assured of his love because we taste it in our very mouths and smell it as a pleasing aroma in our nose. In the supper, we taste and see that the Lord is good. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let's stand and sing, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, number 247. 247 in your red hymnals. to the Lord in prayer. And as a, after each collect, if anything comes to mind to pray for, you can lift it up to the Lord. Uh, as a handful of folks that are sick, uh, Joan and the McKeans are sick, so we can keep them in prayer when we get to the section on the sick and the suffering. Our God is a God who hears and answers prayer. Let us bring our petitions and thanksgiving to him in Christ's name for the peace of the world for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all people, especially the Church in Maine. Holy Father, I pray that you would give the Church in Maine and Waldo County and unity, especially an understanding of our fellowship with one another in the body of Jesus, and that our love for Christ would be a, a force that made us love one another. Lord, in your mercy. 
for our president, our governor, for the leaders of the state of Maine, the nation, and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, impart humility and godly wisdom to those that rule, those that you've given office to, that they would be humbled in light of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. For the good earth which God has given us, for the wisdom and will to conserve it, for food and shelter, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, we thank you for the riches you bless us with. We thank you for the homes and the warmth, the clothing. Help us to be grateful and not presumptuous. Lord, in your mercy. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, for the sick and the suffering, for those who are lonely, for those in bondage to addiction, for all who are confused and lost, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, we pray for Ellie, who's fallen, that you'd heal her, give her comfort and peace. Lord, in your mercy. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, especially for persecuted Christians living in fear or threat of danger, for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lift up your hearts. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. That on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We give thanks to you, our Father, for the life and knowledge which you have revealed to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. To you be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The bread that we break is not participation in the body of Christ. Take and eat. 
In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We give thanks to our Father for the holy vine of your servant David, which you have revealed to us through your servant Jesus. To you be the glory forever. Amen. The cup that we drink is not a participation in the blood of Jesus. Take and drink. Let's stand and sing our final hymn, number 430, I Hunger and I Thirst, number 430 in the Red Hymnal. disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and lift his countenance up to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. 
Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.